right, all right, all right. Thank you so much for downloading today's episode of Carl Buys Houses. My name's Carl Krenzel, your host here today, here to help you with your real estate questions, your problems. Thank you so much for downloading today's episode. Now, today what I'd like to talk with you about is the issue of mortgage deferral, specifically as it relates to COVID-19. So today what we're going to talk about is COVID-19 mortgage deferral. Now, if you're not familiar with what deferral is, deferral is just a fancy way of saying forbearance. Uh, mortgage banks will a lot of times interchange these terms forbearance and deferral. Uh, and it's important for you to understand what it is that your bank is offering. A lot of banks like Bank of America and Chase and other banks are offering deferral programs 90 days or so uh, to go ahead and help you uh, regain your footing if you've lost your job. Now, forbearance requests have increased 1,270% between the Mar- uh, week of March 2nd and the week of March 16th. And then it raised another 1,896% between the week of March 16th and the week of March 30th, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. That's 3,000%. Over 3,000% for forbearance requests. That, that, that's the amount of requests that have gone up in the last few weeks. And and then really as part of the $2 trillion stimulus from the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act, which is otherwise known as CARES Act, the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act, homeowners were provided two types of protection. One is a foreclosure moratorium. Uh, Your lender or your loan servicer can't begin or proceed with a foreclosure for 60 days. And this moratorium began on March 18th. So if you're experiencing a financial difficulty because of the coronavirus pandemic, well, then the CARES Act gives you the right to ask for initial forbearance or deferral, if you will, for up to 180 days. And if you need additional relief, you're entitled to an extension for another 180 days. Now, keep in mind that the interest still accrues, but the penalties and the fees are waived. Now, it's important for you to understand this because when you go to your bank, if you should decide, now I did a previous podcast a few days ago, you might want to check it out, uh, about the wisdom of doing a forbearance, if you should or shouldn't do a forbearance. And we talked about that briefly. What we didn't talk about was the effect of it and the mass effect of having a lot of people all at once trying to qualify for the forbearance. Now, to understand, to qualify for the forbearance, for the forbearance or the deferral, your loan must be federally owned or backed by one of the federal agencies like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, uh, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, uh, FHA, the Department of Agriculture, uh, or maybe the, even the Department of uh, VA, the Veterans Loans, right? Now, in those particular circumstances, okay, you have the ability to request this relief. Now, despite the promise of this relief, a lot of lenders are just proceeding with a shorter 90-day forbearance because they're concerned that the foreclosure proceedings might start if you're not going to be able to begin paying after 90 days. And that's where the problem comes. Now, if you uh, would like to go ahead and check in the remarks here, I- I'm going to leave some links here for you. Uh, an NPR uh, 
report that just came out uh, to, uh, yesterday, actually. It's called Many Struggling Homeowners Not Getting the Mortgage Relief the United States Promised. And this article is from Chris Arnold over at NPR. Uh, definitely would recommend you check this out. Wrote that yesterday at 3 o'clock. I'm just going to quote a little bit from it, and I'm going to give you a little bit of advice here, and I'm going to share with you some federal guidelines and some tips on what you can do if you decide to get into forbearance and some of the challenges you're going to face and maybe what you can do to help ease this problem so you won't face a foreclosure. So let's go ahead and get into this article for a second. It says that uh, homeowners, homeowners who lost their jobs or income say that their lenders are demanding punishing terms if they take part in what's supposed to be a government effort to help them. To avoid a wave of home loan defaults, Congress and regulators told lenders that they have to let homeowners defer payments if they've been hurt financially during the coronavirus crisis. Some homeowners, homeowners say that that's working well, but others say that confusion abounds. They can't get through on the phone to their lender or they're being told different things each time they call. Now, this is, by the way, I want to take a time out from the article real quick. This is not an uncommon thing. You know, if you've been trying to get forbearance relief, if you've been trying to contact your lender and get some sort of understanding about what's going to happen because you're not able to make your payments, you're hearing the same thing. Lines being busy, mixed stories, a lot of confusion. As a matter of fact, there was another article that I'll get into a little bit later that talks about the mass confusion that is expected because of this. But let's go ahead and continue with this. It says, uh, they were all that we were looking for is help, says Julia Hansen. She and her husband, Jim, live in Maui, Hawaii and lost their incomes as the tourism business shut down. Jim managed a restaurant. They called their lender, Freedom Mortgage, to ask about deferring their payments. This is called a forbearance. They say that they were told that they could defer their payments for three months, but with one alarming catch. They'd have to come up with four months of payments all at once in a balloon payment to make the loan current. At that point, quote, if you don't pay it, you go into foreclosure, Julian Hansen says, when she was told by Freedom Mortgage Representative. In other words, she and her husband would have to come up with a lump sum of about $8,000, which seemed unreasonable because Jim lost his job and they have no income until they start getting unemployment benefits. And they don't know when those benefits are going to start coming or how much they'll be getting. Again, another timeout. You know, this is a very common thing. I recognize right now that there is a big push, resistance, if you will, for people to stay indoors. A lot of people are feeling kind of caged in, and, and there's some bright news on the horizon that hopefully we are reaching the peak of this. But yet, regardless of how long it takes for us to get out of a quarantine situation, there are still repercussions like Jim and his family that are multitude across Tucson, Seattle, I mean, all points in between. Let's just read a little bit further. It says, on top of that, the couple says that Jim's mother passed away last year and that caring for her depleted almost all of their savings. Quote, I feel that the government is trying to help us and I feel like Freedom Mortgage is trying to rip us off, Hansen says. I'm very disappointed and angry at them. You know, that's 
That's a common feeling right now. There are so many people right now who have lost their income, lost their job, they've been forced to stay at home and unable to bring an income in because of an external force. Now the government is trying to help, but the servicer in the middle, in this particular case, Freedom Mortgage, in their opinion, they feel like they're trying to rip them off. Let's read a little bit more. It says, several other Freedom Mortgage customers also complained to NPR. The company said in a statement that it's, quote, working hard to help our customers. But other lenders are giving homeowners a better option. They're agreeing to tack those missed payments onto the end of your loan term. That way, homeowners can just resume their regular mortgage payments when they afford to without paying a lump sum to catch up. Coincidentally, another aside, that is a good idea. That is what I said in that previous podcast of is forbearance a good idea. I, I gave you five or six different points about how to go ahead and ensure that you're striking a good deal, that you're making sure that these people are doing exactly what they say they're going to do. Now, listen, I've been in the real estate game an awfully long time, 23 years, almost 24 years now. And it's hard for me to really kind of comprehend that not everybody is a geek as I am when it comes to this game. And I can assure you the very last thing that a bank wants is your home. They don't want it. They do not want to foreclose on you. They really don't. And most banks will try and work with you to help you keep your home in this payment situation because for them, keep in mind, as long as you're making your payments, that's good money for them. As long as you keep making payments and you're still taking care of the home, then that's a good asset for them. That's good money. But when you stop making payments and you stop taking care of the house, well, that's becoming that's when it becomes bad money and a bad asset. And so they're going to work over hard, really hard many times to try and keep you in that home. Now, Freedom Mortgage, in a statement to NPR, at first claimed that it's not allowed to do that under, quote, current federal requirements. Those amounts are not added to the end of the mortgage, but rather are due at the conclusion of the forbearance period, unquote. And the company said the requirements did not provide for, quote, any extension of the term of the mortgage. But that does not appear to be true. That's why I'm reading the NPR article, and that is true. I'm going to read to you in a few minutes the federal regulations, so you pay attention here, so you can listen in. When you're, when you're talking to your mortgage servicer, and you're talking about having your mortgage forbearance or deferred, then you want to make sure that you have those payments tacked on to the end of your mortgage. And I'm going to give you this, 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 the, the, the right FDIC, uh, the, the letter, if you will, that you can use to go ahead and ensure that they work with you fairly. Remember, when they call you, they always say it's, a ref- it's on a recording. Well, you need to make a recording of that too, especially if you're doing forbearance. You need to call them up and make sure you get a recording of it too. Because when there's 3,000, 3,000% increase in mortgage forbearance, it claims in a two-week, three-week span, well, there's going to be mistakes made. Now, Freedom Mortgage has said they were, they were not able to do that because it was against current federal regulations, but that's not really true. Federal regulators say that there are options beyond big balloon payments for borrowers, including moving the missed payments back to the back of the loan term. 
Now, after NPR reached out to the regulators, Freedom Mortgage changed its statement, removing the line about how they were not allowed to extend the loan term. And when NPR pointed out to the company the options available to the borrowers, Freedom Mortgage then stated in an email that it will, quote, continue to offer all options that are available under the various government options. Okay, look, why would you suppose is Freedom Mortgage giving, uh, what is their name, Jim, what's their name again, Jim, Jim and Julia, yeah, Jim and Julia Hansen. Why is Freedom Mortgage giving Jim and Julia Hansen so much difficulty demanding that they come up with four months worth of payments at the very end of the, of the, of the forbearance period or face foreclosure? Why are they doing that? When the federal government says the law is for you to allow them up to 180 days of forbearance if they're a federally backed loan, and you're, I don't know if it's a federally backed loan, but let's assume it is or isn't, I don't know, but they're giving them 90 days and they're trying to play the hard role. Why are they doing that? Well, it's real simple. Because Freedom Mortgage and companies like that, the ones you write your check to, they're still responsible for your payments. Even though you quit making payments on your forbearance, they're still responsible to make those payments to the mortgage-backed securities that bought your loan. And remember, those mortgage-backed securities have AAA ratings saying that they're good. That's what caused the investors to buy them in the first place, saying that they would be paid first, regardless of a situation. That's why they get a higher yield rate and a better return. Well, when you think about it, if the mortgager forgets or does not pay... Well, the servicer still has to make the payment to the investor. Now, if the federal law comes along and says, you don't have to make those payments for up 180 days because of forbearance, well, then Freedom Mortgage now has a problem. Companies like Freedom Mortgage have a problem. They have to continue making payments when there's a 3,000% increase in forbearance requests. At, at that point, if you don't pay it, you go into foreclosure, Julia Hansen says, as she was told by a, for, a Freedom Mortgage representative. Mm, mm, mm. Unbelievable. Now let's take a look at the rules. All right, let's take a quick look at the rules here. I'm going to leave again. I'm going to leave a uh, a uh, a link in the show notes for you here. This is from the uh, the Board of Governors, the Federal Reserve, the Federal, the FDIC. Uh, the National Credit Union Administration, the Office of the Comptroller, uh, the CFPB, the Consumer uh, Financial Protection Bureau. Uh, this group together, the agencies, uh, provide an interagency statement on loan modifications and reporting for the financial institutions working with customers affected by the coronavirus. Now, why this is important to you is because when they passed the CARES Act, they did not give your lender specific instructions on how to administer your loan. They weren't given any instructions. Now, remember, when the crash happened in 2008, there was a massive amount of short sales, foreclosures, people going into repossession. And so they had to come up with some rules so they could, so they could find a way, if you will, to expeditiously fairly and quickly handle forbearance requests, short sale requests, and the like. And now 
These all happened in 2008, 9, and 10. And now here we are in 2020, 10 years later, getting ready to test these very systems that we created at the end of the last crash. Now, it's ironic you find that the homeowner, I'm sorry, that the unemployment people, people filing for unemployment and unemployment claims, the people who take these claims, the departments of economic security across the states, a lot of times they're asking for you to go back to a paper application because their phone lines are jammed or their internet lines are jammed down or whatever. They're having a lot of problems many times because they've never anticipated the crush of people filing for unemployment. And when they passed the CARES Act, it was for good intent. They tried to go ahead and throw money at the problem, but they didn't leave. Uh, they left a lot of questions unanswered. And so the interagency statement that they just put out sought to go ahead and add clarity to this issue of getting a forbearance or a deferral. So understand, previously to this, if you filed for a forbearance, and this is important, and I understand this is a dry topic, okay, I get it, but this is important. If you're trying to, if you're trying to, if you're trying to file for forbearance, it's really important that you understand a couple things here. The first thing you need to understand is that before, when you filed for forbearance, you became what was called a TDR, a troubled debt restructuring, as far as a classification goes, right? And what ends up happening is this puts you into a different category where you now could be able to have your credit affected if you weren't paying. Now, because of this, because if you're not paying, if it's coronavirus related, well, that's not your fault. If you lost your job because of coronavirus, because everybody was been told to go home, well, that's not... A, a credit issue. That's just the fact that you were laid off just like others, thousands, millions of others, right? And so this should not affect your credit. So they had to go up and come up with some agency directives saying, for example, the agency, and I'm just reading straight from this, and you can go ahead and check the show notes for this. You'll get a copy of this here so you can see it yourself. It says the agencies will not criticize financial institutions that mitigate credit risk through prudent actions consistent with safe and sound practices. Now, when you talk to your lender, it's important that you understand their concern is a couple things. First, from the lender's perspective, they need to ensure that they make a good faith effort with you to work with you to make a debt repayment. They have to make a good faith effort. Coming to you and saying at the end of your forbearance, if you don't pay us at the end of three months, the $8,000, then we're going to foreclose on you. That's not good faith. And it's certainly not in keeping with the CARES Act. Now, I'm going to read here right here. It says, as provided under the CARES Act, a financial institution may account for an eligible loan modification either under Section 4013 or in accordance with a, a different subject. So what is Section 4013? To be eligible loan under 4013, a 4013 loan, a loan modification must be, one, related to COVID-19. Okay, so did you lose your job because of COVID-19? That's one. Okay. Number two executed on a loan that was not more than 30 days past due as of December 31st. Okay. Were you 30 days past due as of December 31st or were you on time as of December 31st? As of the first of the year, were you on time on your payments? If you were, 
will you qualify? Third, executed between March 21st, I'm sorry, March 1st, 2020, and the earlier of A, 60 days after the termination of the national emergency, or B, December 31st, 2020, whichever comes first. So uh, according to this directive, if you fall under those three periods where you either A, lost your job because of COVID-19, B, were current with your job as of December 31st, 2019, and then C, started this whole refinance procedure, loan modification procedure after March, after March 1st or within 60 days of that or by December 31st, well, then you qualify for that and they're not required to go ahead and call this a TDR loan. Now, this for you is good news. It's good for you because what this means is the modification is not going to count against your, against your, against your credit. And they're obligated to go ahead and work with you on your payments. It says, with regard to loans not uh, otherwise reportable as past due, financial institutions are not expected to designate loans with deferrals granted uh, due to COVID-19 as past due because of the deferral. The loan's payment date is governed by the due date stipulated in the legal agreement. If the financial agreement, uh, if the financial institution agrees to a payment deferral, this may result in no contractual payments being past due, and those loans are not considered past due during the time of the deferral. There you go. Now you have a little bit more time, and you have something to work with. Now, if if your lender starts giving you difficulty about this, okay, then understand that they have to again work with you in a fair and good faith effort. All right. And it says, and this is just something here, uh, it says the agencies do not expect to take a consumer compliance public enforcement action against an institution. Now, what does that mean? I'm going to read it again. The agencies, which agencies? Here are the agencies. Just one more time. The Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve, the FDIC, the Credit Union Administration, the Office of the Comptroller, and the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Those groups, those agencies right there, okay? They do not, uh, uh, let me just get back to it here. It says, um, I just had it, hang on, just, <laughs> there it is. The agencies encourage financial institutions to consider prudent arrangements that can ease cash flow pressures on affected borrowers. That's one. Improve their capacity to serve debt. That's two. Increase the potential for financially stressed borrowers to keep their homes, three, and to facilitate the financial institution's ability to collect on its loans, four. That's what they expect them to do. Now, it said that they, uh, let me just uh, see here. The agencies do not expect to take a consumer compliance public enforcement action against an institution. Now, what does this mean? The agencies do not expect to take a consumer compliance public enforcement action against an institution, meaning that they will not take them to court, find them, give them problems or anything like that, provided that the circumstances were related to the national emergency and that the institution made good faith efforts to support borrowers and comply with consumer protection requirements as well as responded to any needed corrective action. This is important 
because if your lender is giving you a bunch of hassle and saying that they're not going to allow you to do any kind of deferment, they're not going to allow you to do any kind of of, of, of forbearance, and, and, the, and the terms that they're offering you to repay this are ridiculous and, and unconscionable, well, that's it, it, you have to ask yourself, is this operating in a good faith effort to support you? And if they're not operating in a good faith effort, effort, well, then I would highly recommend you give your lender a copy of this letter that you download from the podcast. And while you're doing it, would you do me a favor? Share this podcast with somebody else because I'm telling you right now, there's somebody out there, a friend, a neighbor, somebody you went to church with, you know, who's, who's, who's facing the very same thing you are and they don't want to tell anybody. And they don't know exactly how to research all this, or maybe they don't have the time, or maybe they're bored, right? Now you, now's a perfect time. Tell them about this podcast. The other thing you'll want to do is go to knowyouroptions.com. Knowyouroptions.com. If you're having a lot of problems facing this COVID-19 issue, or if you're just having problems facing your mortgage, and, and your mortgage is becoming something that is, is frankly becoming a little too much, well, then I would recommend you go to knowyouroptions.com. That is, that is Fannie Mae's website to help give you options about some of the different things you can do from mortgage assistance and relief and some of the different ways you can find to refinance your home or other things you can do to help make sure you mitigate this problem. All right, guys. Well, listen, I've been chatting for about 25 minutes. I really appreciate you paying attention. And if you thought this was of any value, would you do me a favor? Like, rate, subscribe, share this with somebody, tell them about the podcast. It would be really helpful. And I will always appreciate you for it. Thank you so much for paying attention and downloading. And as always have a powerful sales day. Bye-bye.